Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Wait, so you really want to make a podcast? <laughs> yeah, what if we just sang our um, music? Maybe we should get some real music, Samantha. The podcast came. Are oh, you still recording? Three, two. Survival Jobs is a podcast spotlighting artists, their side hustles, and their passions. Hosted by Samantha Titsula and Jason A. Coombs. Boom. Sweet. Okay. Love it. All right. Hi, Jason. <laughs> Hi, Samantha. Sigrax. So exciting. Coombsy. is our first ever episode of Survival Jobs, a podcast. For sure. Thanks for like doing this with me. <laughs> Listen, I am nervous, so I have a full glass of rosé right here because you are like the podcast king. You know what you're oh doing. I'm over here just drinking and hoping that I make some kind of sense. So This is my second podcast, but I'm not a podcast king. I'm on hiatus yeah. from the other one. <laughs> well, that's okay. Maybe we'll yeah. collaborate. Maybe we'll combine the podcast one day and have just this glorified gigantic podcast network <laughs> and then we can have a Coomzy Cigarettes production podcast company. That's a big I love dream. it. That's Add it to the list. Do Add it, it to the let's vision board. Exactly. Uh, well, let's talk about oh yeah. sorry. No, go. <laughs> well I was gonna say I wanted you to talk about why we're doing this podcast, right? Yeah. Like hello to everyone tuning in. Number one, thank you. This is yeah. history right now. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, Jason, I know that you and I both know the struggle of dreaming and living in New York City pre-pandemic, right? And Mm -hmm. having to figure out a way to just live, to be able to dream, which it sounds really sad when you say it like that, but it's it's (laughs) true. You know, it's so hard to, first of all, have a dream that's so difficult to succeed at, right? Because everybody wants to do it and then make enough money to support yourself, but not only support yourself, but also support your craft and headshots and classes and all of that. Um, And so I know for us, right, which we'll get into later, that we've both worked at some really interesting, shocking, funny, scary survival (laughs) jobs, and we're not the only ones. So, you know, I just thought it might be fun to tap into artists and see what happened prior. (laughs) What were their first jobs like and, you know, how they got out of them, if they did, or if they're still in them and still, you know, doing their art. So I just thought it'd be interesting and fun. So it would be fun. But we should also say, like, how we know each other, which is from WestCon. (laughs) Take it away. Samantha and I, Samantha and I went to college together. Maybe about a decade ago. <laughs> no, not maybe. Fully. We graduated a decade ago. Oh, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy soul. is right. Um, but yes, people. Samantha, I remember you were so kind to, because uh, I transferred into WestCon in the middle of the year, in the middle of the semester. <laughs> and Samantha planned a birthday party for me that I didn't show up to. This is right. <laughs> I did. He had a birthday right in one of the uh, a snow day. Wow, that's uh, nice. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. My what year did you transfer in? Uh, it was 2010. Yeah, I was there for two years. Was so that I transferred? Tempest? And when you were doing the Tempest, and yeah. where I call you Sycorax because this is why we're Sycorax and Tempest. 
but I, I didn't go to the party because <laughs> I was just, I transferred in. I think it was like the second day. I don't think we haven't had classes yet. They had to say, move my stuff in. And then my friends like helped me move in. And then it was like a big snowstorm. They had driven all the way to Danbury. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know what's going on. You're <laughs> like, I don't know these people. This crazy girl is telling no, me well, to I come. No, I didn't know there was a party. They were just like, oh, come. It's all good. We're still here 10 years later. Here we and- are. And you're still calling me sicker X. Uh, yeah, so we were both theater arts majors at WestCon, actors at heart. I guess we can talk about our like our, our bios, right? A little intro about ourselves. Go ahead. Um, I should do yours, right? I should tell people about Yeah, you my talk friend. about me and I'll talk about you. Because that'll be okay. weird if we're like, hey, let me talk about myself <laughs> about and tell myself. you all of the things about me and my art. <laughs> exactly. So I guess Samantha is an equity actress <laughs> who's been Barely. beating the pavement. <laughs> For almost 10 years in New York City before the pandemic happened. And she's currently writing her first pilot um, because she's obviously a multi-hyphenate, very, very talented. She's performed in a bunch of independent films, shorts, web series, and she even dabbled in a little bit of stand-up comedy, which I'm sure you'll tell us about if you liked it or not. Before I bombed. (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody has to bomb in stand-up. But Samantha also, she just started her own catering business right before the pandemic started because she was trying to line her pockets with some money and her own business while trying to make her dreams come true as a performer. You know, she didn't want to keep working for other people. She wanted to be her own boss, there which I commend 158,000%. Be your own boss, people. Um, and last thing I know about you, Samantha, is that you love, <laughs> you love Mariska Hargitay. Stop. And you. Love you. And wow. I'm just gonna put this out there that you're gonna be on that show one day. Like I just feel it Thank in my blood that you're gonna be a lead on SVU. Thank you. You know, I was on it if we're talking like you were, but I just sat in the chair. Um, but you know, I did do a lot of background work back in the day. Background work back in the day. And <laughs> usually did you ever do background work? I don't know this. Um, I did a little bit of background work, but I hated it. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, but it like it made me feel like I could dream whatever. So you know that you would call in the night before and they'd be like, numbers one one to 175 report at 9.30. And the day I did this background work on SVU, I had my own number. Oh, I thought yes. I had made it. It was like, I, I wish I remembered the number. That would be cool. No idea. Aww. It was like number 75 and... And I thought, I was like, oh my God, I'm a goddamn star. Yes, that's amazing. (laughs) Jason, thanks. That was a nice bio. You know, I love you. I love you too. (laughs) All right. So now it's your turn. Oh boy. Like Jason said, you know, we did meet and both have theater degrees from Western Connecticut State University. Uh, And Jason moved to New York City in 2011 or 12. Which yeah, one is it? I think it was like 13. Okay. 2013. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, really, Jason, I'm going to talk to you about your bio because I just do admire you so much because, you know, you are so multi-talented and, and, and no matter where you are or like what job you have or how many roles you don't get and how many auditions you go to, you never stop. Like you're an actor you're a writer, you are a director, you are a filmmaker, you always have an idea, you're always doing something. You know, I do love Shaw the series. Uh, Hello, people, check it out. Shaw, S-H-A-W, the series. Is that how you spell it? Yeah, perfect. (laughs) 
on Sika TV. You're so yeah. kind. Thank you. Sika, everyone, <laughs> tune in. Um, no, and you're, you're so great. Uh, by the way, especially in that, didn't you win? You won the Best Actor, a Story of Film Festival, and it won Best Web Series. Like, Thank that you. is a great accomplishment. And, you know, I'm so happy to be working with you because you know, we have worked many a survival jobs together and yeah. no matter what's happening around you, you always never lose sight of the goal and the dream. And you work very hard towards that. Thank and, you. you know, we're both from Connecticut. So we have that Connecticut hustle. <laughs> um, yeah. yes. And you are such a talented actor. Everything I've seen you do, it's just incredible. As and the are writing. you. And by the way, and listeners, Jason writes pages every single night is that true or did i make that up i try it depends on the week it depends like how much um seasonal depression i have <laughs> <laughs> well let's hope we're coming out of it i feel like we sort of are coming yeah slowly out of it and <laughs> and by you. the way everyone if you want to see jason in something else you can go to amazon prime and <laughs> oh, stream an independent movie that he was in called the pretenders um you know my bio for you and my intro for you jason is yeah sure maybe you have two survival jobs at once yeah sure maybe the pandemic sent you back to connecticut and you know put a big pause but even so hello we're in a pandemic still by the way happy one year anniversary pandemic life everyone yes today yeah we're in a pandemic and jason is literally booking meetings with people about a pilot he wrote is it a pilot or a movie i'm so sorry to not have the pilot no it's okay (laughs) (laughs) about a pilot he wrote he also has an internship i'm sorry what is it an internship he is an artist residency by the way and it created an entire film festival in bridgeport connecticut that did not exist before you know so a lot of help (laughs) with a lot of help yes but you're the mastermind and the captain of the ship making it run so you know i'm just so excited to be doing this thing with you me too i know we've been planning it for a couple weeks now and now we're here in our virtual studio (laughs) we've been planning it for months oh yeah it's been yeah it's been like at least two and a half months it has right yeah which by is the way great, everyone though. the f- original name of the podcast was called <laughs> arts podtality because <laughs> it was the same concept about artists working only in hospitality but do you guys get it arts pod like a podcast yeah, yeah. but then we we uh <laughs> nixed that kind of quick <laughs> It was just really hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. It looked weird. It's like also, then that (laughs) limited our guests. By the way, we have a beautiful list of guests coming up this season. Do you call a podcast a season? Yeah, you do. Yeah, because we're in season one of Survival Jobs. Exactly. (laughs) You have so many amazing people that are coming. But this first episode, we wanted to just talk about each other. Let everybody know about us. We want to interview each other because, of course, we know each other, but we don't know everything about each other. So it'd be That's nice right. to speak. And you guys get to learn about us as well. Right. Get to know your hosts, you guys. Yes. All right, Stay Jason. Tuned. I do have a big question to start out with for you. Sure. Give it to me. As we've mentioned in your bio, you are an incredibly talented artist in many ways, and you've had many survival jobs. So what was your best survival job and what was your mm-hmm. worst survival job? <laughs> Well, in New York say, City or not in New York City, whatever. Well, can I first say that um, in New York City, Samantha's gotten me like all my survival jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like 
it's true. <laughs> She's been my plug for work. <laughs> it's true. I do feel like I employed a lot of people that we went to you college did. with. Yeah, she's at the, the job fair of Westcon. <laughs> <laughs> how did that happen? Oh, I know how it happened because I was sleeping with the general manager oh, shit. of the first job we had. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to get all your friends' job when you're boning the boss. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just continued to get the job. <laughs> oh, I just turned really red. Okay. Okay. I'm so dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> best and worst. That's just a hard question because, well, I mean, <laughs> I can definitely tell you. Well, one of them I had for a day, it was actually when I first went to another college back when I was very, very young. And I went to Pace University for a year. Um, I had gotten a job. <laughs> in somewhere like downtown somewhere i can't even tell you where but it was like hanging on the corner and hanging out flyers to people to go to some department store and i swear to god and i worked that job i went there because I, I used to work at the gap right when i was in high school and whatever and i was like okay i'm getting a job like I, I have some retail experience i can work at a store in new york city so i go there for an or interview and they're like oh yeah well we have this we don't have any retail positions but we have this other thing and they tell me what it is. I'm like, okay, I guess I can stand on a corner and hand out flyers for a couple hours. That's not terrible, I guess. I did that shit for two hours. And then it was like, it was my 15 minute break. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm not coming back. And I gave them the flyers and I left. That is so it was good. Horrible. People were just so rude. To you. I mean, it was New York City. So people were rude to you. No one wants a freaking flyer. Um, while they're trying to like live their best life in New York City, like no one wants to go to some shitty department wow. store no one's heard of. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> wait, what was the month that you had to stand outside and do this? Oh, it was September. It was like late September, so it wasn't cold yet, thankfully. Yeah, but I was over it. I literally was over it. I was like, I'm not doing this. And <laughs> um, your best. Oh, I mean, I, like, mm, like I feel like most of my jobs had so many good perks to them. Like, even if I didn't like the job, yeah, like. Like Highline, right? We both worked at Highline Ballroom. Um, R.I.P., okay by the way. Is that okay to say? On the, on I, I think so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, it no longer exists. So it doesn't I'm exist sure. anymore. Yeah, pre-pandemic, <laughs> Highline didn't exist. They closed. Yeah. I went, Before I got pandemic. totally tanked at like one of the last nights they were open. Sorry, everyone, but I did. <laughs> and I think um, I went into the back sterile and cried and was like, I feel like I grew up here. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, sorry, um, please finish your thought. No, but I was just saying, like, you know, that job obviously wasn't perfect or anything, but I got so many great opportunities. I met so many incredible people. I was, I did coat check and I also was a host. <laughs> and I think I served at Drag Brunch a couple of times whenever they needed someone. So, yeah, I mean, I had a good time, like, you know, hanging out with drag queens and uh, with some celebrities here and there, um, meeting some who, cool bands. Who some was cool your favorite artists. celebrity from Highline that you met? Ooh, uh, I mean, probably uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, because um, I love Buffy, and they told me she was going to be there, and I was very calm the first time I saw her. I was like, hello, Ms. Geller. You know, it was very cool, calm, collected. And also, Bill Clinton was there that night, but I was not even caring about Bill Clinton at all. <laughs> it was all about SMG. And Wait, then what randomly, show were they at? Which was, like, show was Bill benefit. Clinton at? It was a oh, benefit. It was a private for, event. Private event, yeah, for a okay. Anyway, and then I'm like, you know, hanging out and all of a sudden SMG like taps me on the shoulder, asks me a question. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> cause I wasn't expecting her to like talk to me. 
And, uh, you know, she was like leaving, trying to find the exit. No one can ever find the exit in that place. <laughs> um, and she's like, she's like leaving. And I'm like, just gotta tell you, like, I love you so much. And she's like, oh, thank you. But what about my husband? And I was like, well, I love him too. You know, Freddie for Jr., obviously. So that was like one of my favorites. Tyler Posey, which I love from Teen Wolf, was was also one of my favorites. Wow. Uh, Gail, Oprah's best friend, <gasps> Gail, was there. Jason, yes. I feel like you stayed at Highline for years after I had left. And, like, if Gail rolled up in there when I was there, I would have <laughs> loved to see Gail. Yeah, I was so close to Oprah, you guys. I was one step away from Oprah because <gasps> <laughs> Gail was there. Um, yeah, you but were, I mean, so you're, basically, people. you're basically Meghan Markle. So close to Oprah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Was at was Highline? Like the, the biggest. Twice, yeah. The first time I wasn't like getting to talk to him. The second time it was a private party. He came in and he talked to us. And even our manager, your the, the, the buddy you boned, <laughs> even he was starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> J-Lo, uh, Rihanna, Little Kim, all these really cool people that you yeah. idolize growing up and you get to see them. So it was cool. really fun. There yeah. were a lot of celebrities in there. Wow, yeah, Highline. You make so many connections. Like I've I met so many people I collaborated with, um, you know, artists I would never have discovered, like musicians I would never have discovered. That's the same with me with Highline. I have literal CDs still from when I would be yeah. serving there before I, by the way, just to go back <laughs> a minute, when you said it was a private event, I got full shivers through my body because I cannot think of private <laughs> events in that place. It gives me, yeah, I get instant anxiety and instant stress. What a shock. Um, but sure. anyway, when I was serving and I used to be the hospital server, meaning like I would go take care of the green room and the people who were playing, I used to get the CDs all the time for free. Yeah. And by the way, I cannot think of this man's name and is on the tip of my tongue, but he was actually, I don't want to say a nobody when he came and now Andy Grammer. Oh, really? Yes. He wasn't yeah. a nobody, but he wasn't like famous or like super well known and I was just chilling with him in the green room and we were just chatting Mm -hmm. and he gave me a cd and he signed it and so like things like that when you look back it's so cool I don't cool is a silly word to use I feel like there's a much better word but it is no but it was cool and like all my friends you know I would get my friends into shows on the guest list (laughs) yeah you get on the get and you know they feel special like my friends had a I forgot what birthday it was maybe like 30th birthday and like salt and pepper performed Do you remember that night and like you know yeah. salt and pepper was like a group we grew up with you know yeah. as kids like we had a whole balcony to ourselves like a little section of the balcony yeah. and we were just like all together like all my friends they all got in for free you know bottle it was just service. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah bottle service yeah right you know just stuff like that that was like really cool and um oh, that's you know, nice a good experience highline know, ballroom was your best school. survival job it sounds like yeah i mean also you know i, I did work at a school an acting performing school that was um, really awesome as well. That I met so many cool people and had so many great opportunities from um, like networking and professionally acting wise. So that was amazing as well. Wait, so just, what was the school? I have no idea about oh, this. Oh, Studio Four. I worked at, um, it was James Franco's acting and film school. And I was the- Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I was the- See guys, we don't know each other. Yeah, we know <laughs> each other, but look, I'm learning. I didn't yeah. know about this. Yeah, I was doing I that I while I was doing it Highline. Yeah. I always had like multiple jobs at once, you know. Have to. My artist life, yeah. Have to. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I've just been very fortunate that I've been able to do things that weren't as soul crushing as other people's survival jobs, maybe, yeah. I should say. How about you? I feel like I'm talking a lot. 
No, I, 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 I truly during your Highline memories was like visioning <laughs> the Highline ballroom. Like my eyes were closed and I could see yeah. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel similarly about Highline, but I think from my serving days before I, before I went into the private events department, yeah. Serve, um, yeah, you just got to meet so many cool people and, 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 and mm. they were always so kind. And I, speaking of Mariska Hargate, which I feel like I'm going to talk about a lot of her on this podcast, but I love it though. yeah, he was at Highline. Exactly. This is an iced tea. Iced tea's the premier. Whole, the whole cast was there. Yes, yeah, exactly. This that. is exactly what I'm going to say. I was serving and this was right before I went into the private events department and mm-hmm. I was serving and it was like iced tea made a documentary or something. Right. Yeah. And it was a private event and the entire cast had come and I was like, Oh my God, if Mariska rolls in here tonight, I will <laughs> be okay but also weird um yeah. and then she was and I didn't say anything to her because I don't like I don't know I just didn't but of I did course. talk to her husband I was like passing hors d'oeuvres and he came <laughs> and I know to my tray and got like a crostini of like fig jam and goat cheese <laughs> don't tell me you don't remember eating fig jam and goat cheese oh God, we stole the food all the time all we the time it. in the back hallway nasty hallway yeah. like mm, gross and so I said to him, hey, Peter, uh, I know it's weird, but like, I'm just such fans of you and Mariska. Like, thank you for your work. Thank you for whatever. Like a little, Aww. I was like 22, little weirdo. And he was so nice and very tall. Mm. And I, I remember when they were leaving the event, he found me and was like, bye, Samantha. And I thought I had made Aww. it. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really freaking cool. It was cool. You know, I probably... I, I had already done background work in SVU and I talked to Mariska on background work. And I remember saying to her like, Hey, I know I should not be talking to you. And she was like, no, talk to me. She was so nice. And I told her, you know, I'm an actor and you're, I I really admire you and your words and your work and everything that you do. And she was so Mm. kind. And she said to me, and I will never forget she mm-hmm. said, first she goes, do you want to take a selfie? And I said, yeah, yeah I guess I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, read Larry Moss's book, The Intent to Live, which I have read multiple mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. and never give up. Aww. So those words I are sticking that. with me. I am so off of topic of the question. No, it's great though. But yeah. I mean, it's great when you like meet people that you admire and then they're nice people. Like, you know, because- nice. I've met, I'm sure we both have met like many celebrities who weren't the nicest. You never know people, but yeah. like when they are your people you admire and they're kind and generous and awesome, just really sticks with you. Yeah, especially like we're on set, we're breaking for lunch. She's the literal number one on the call sheet for this show, literal star. And mm-hmm. I'm like this little background actor. <laughs> 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 wow you know i never looked at until this conversation i never looked at background work as a survival job but i'm now speaking and i i'm gonna go ahead and say that that was my best survival job yeah, uh, yeah. because it i eventually stopped because it does get to you as you know it's like when you have something in you and you you want to create an emote and you're just like you know, crossing the street or sitting at the cafe, which mm-hmm. is awesome, but you want to do more. So eventually I left, but at the time it, 
it was so great for me. I was 20, 21, 22, just moved to New York, had all these dreams, didn't know much about like TV film set life. And so I remember one time I was called into Blue Bloods and I I never watched the show. I don't know, but Tom Selleck is on it. (laughs) right? And he's pretty, you know, a pretty established actor. They never used me the whole night. I never was in. Really? Yeah. Which is fine because I, we were in some high rise looking over the entire city. It was gorgeous. Like, I don't know. I was, by the way, dressed as a server. (laughs) (laughs) And full circle. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I was standing next to the director and overheard a conversation with him and Tom Selleck, the director and Tom Selleck going over like the intention Mm -hmm. for the scene and like the blocking or whatever. And so for me, like that was my best survival job. Right. Because you, by the way, we made no money doing that. It was non-union. Yeah. Non-union makes nothing, but union does. 80 bucks. I think I made every time, unless we went into overtime, which was overtime. Overtime is not the right word. We're not playing football. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Overtime. Oh yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay, fine. But even then, <laughs> overtime happened after 12 hours or something. Whatever. Yeah. So that that I would say was my best survival job. And then my worst. Can I say one thing about Oh background? my god, of course. That's before you go to your worst. Uh was just that because I did background not as much because I, I didn't like it for uh, for many reasons. But it was such a learning experience. I did my first background actually here in Connecticut. They were doing a lot of filming back in like 10 years ago background for this sh- movie called made for each other which i never seen and i remember like being on set for the first time and like the actors were talking to each other like this like very quiet intimately and because i had a theater background i was like in my head i didn't say this out loud obviously but i was like why aren't they projecting why can't i hear them like you know because in theater you have to project right you have to use your voice right. they always tell you but like I didn't realize that they're all mic'd up. They don't need to be projecting. And like that was one of the first lessons I learned about being on set. And it was because I was in background. Yeah. My worst survival job, I, I probably could talk about a few, but I am gonna talk specifically about working as a bottle server at Highline. Oh and yeah. I sure I was making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was miserable for me. It's not like that. It was not what I wanted to be doing. I was up until six, seven in the morning, you know, popping bottles with sparklers. I truly was taking like shots of fireball all night just to like get through the shift. And I did it every Friday and Saturday for almost two years. And it's so loud. Oh my God. It's so loud. Listen, I was so grateful for the opportunity. Like I had no place being a bottle server, by the way, you know what I mean? Like I am no model over here, which is great. So I was like grateful for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. By the way, I came from, you know, boning the manager ever going back. To that. <laughs> wow. So many things are coming back to that. How embarrassing. It just was so soul crushing but i couldn't walk away from it it was so so the money was good the money was sometimes i walked out of there seven hundred dollars a thousand dollars and we weren't even making like that was nothing compared to bottle girls at like 
one Oak or the like mm-hmm. high end club. So it was so tough to leave that job because the money was yeah. great. But by the way, like I was young um, and when he, I wish I had a smarter brain to like save that money or start paying off oh my, my student loans. Instead, I was like going to dinners, picking up drink tabs at the bar, mm-hmm. like so stupid. But yeah, look at that New York life. Yeah, I definitely I cried in the bathroom at, uh, during that shift a few times. It's tough. <laughs> wow, that just got really dark. <laughs> no, I mean, I can relate. I mean, I wasn't making as, mu- as much as you were um, doing coat check. But yeah, I was taking the same Friday, Saturday night. And you're, you're making all this. You hate it, right? It's like the worst thing because it's like in a club. People are, are drunk as fuck. People are obnoxious. and you're But you're making all this money. So you're like, oh, I'll put up with this. But it's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. So that's my worst Wow. I'm so that. happy I mean, you, we started sharing about Highline. I really had some great feelings. <laughs> like my mind went to well, it. I feel throwbacks. like it's 2013. It is Thursday. So throwbacks. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it is Thursday. <laughs> I have a question for you now. Okay. We talked about like our survival jobs, but like, why did you choose to be an, like an actor, like an artist? Like why, why put yourself through all we put ourselves through, right? To, to create. You know, like, why do you spend all the money on the headshots and take the classes and get the thousand rejections for one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, why, yeah. why do you go to auditions way, in the pouring yeah. rain at Chelsea <laughs> Piers? <laughs> you have to tell minor. that story. <laughs> you have to tell that story. <laughs> I will. But I want to hear. I want to hear about you. Um, I don't know that like it was a choice. I know mm. that sounds really corny. No, but I remember at such a young age, just always performing, always acting, always needing to be the center of attention, always like (laughs) pretending with my Barbie dolls. And so I was eight and my parents, we had just moved homes and there was a local community theater. And my parents had asked me, did I want to, oh, because at first I thought I wanted to be a professional swimmer. So they asked me if I wanted a pool or to go to, you know, this acting class. And it wasn't really mm-hmm. a class. You like sign up and you do the show, whatever. And yeah. I picked acting and mm-hmm. my first show was Cinderella. And I was like, I came home and I remember telling my mom, like, I'm going to be the stepmother. And she <laughs> said, Samantha, you know, it's your first show. Maybe you're going to be a mouse. Like, don't get your hopes up. And I said, nope, I'm going to be the stepmother. I'm going to get the part. And I fucking, I got the part. Yes. <laughs> Eight years old as the stepmother in Cinderella. In Cigarax. <laughs> Cigarax forever. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. Just from that moment, it just like was an instant like bug. And I got that role. I memorized the entire script. Mm-hmm. I still will watch Cinderella. Like I actually recently just watched the Brandy Cinderella. It's on Disney+. Oh my Plus. Gosh. So I good. It. I watched it like twice. It's so show. good. Yeah. The script we had was very similar to that one. So I used to watch mm-hmm. that one a lot. And I'm watching it now at 30 years old. And I know the I know almost every single line because I was so yeah. immediately into it. And I don't know. Yeah. And and I just never stopped. And there's never ever been anything else that has fulfilled me. Or like if I dream and like go into my head and la la land of these things, the happiness I feel of like what could be. And when I am acting or mm-hmm. 
there's and and I know you get it, and I know a lot of other artists get it, whatever form your art may be. There's nothing comparable to that feeling. Um, yeah. For a while, I was I used to go to acting coaching once a month, right, just to keep up yeah, with my Susan. monologue. Hello, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about her one day. Get her on here, maybe. And yes. I would like leave these sessions in Brooklyn and well, it's, this is sounds so corny, but it's just my truth. And I would walk around yes. Brooklyn just like, cry, like, and I would cry because it just felt so good just to work. And like, yeah. if you can't get it and you're not understanding um, a piece and then you do get it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you yeah. can't get it. You don't understand what is the intention? What is, and then you get it. It's like, what? It, nothing f- feels as good as that for me. So yep. that is why I continue to choose to be an artist. It sort of happened to me as a child and I continue to choose it. What about you? Why? I mean, that's pretty much the same. Like, I feel like we have very similar stories. And I remember, <laughs> I remember being a kid and I loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was like my favorite <laughs> thing in the world. I loved, I was obsessed. I had like the Contra DVDs, I had all the toys, I had the action figures, I had the freaking turtle van. I like had the cartoon, I just had everything in turtles. And like, I would like to just be in my room, like pretending to be Michelangelo, because I love Michelangelo. Um, and then I started loving Leonardo, <laughs> but I would like act out with my toys. Perfect. And I remember <laughs> like doing little skits, like writing my own version of like the movies. And then I remember another pivotal moment in my childhood, which was watching, <laughs> it's so cheesy, but watching The Bodyguard with Whitney Houston, which I probably shouldn't have been watching at like six or seven years old. But I just remember just like falling in love with her. I want to make people feel the way that she made me feel. Like after I was thinking at like six years old, I was like, I'm going to be on TV and I'm going to do that. And like, that's literally been my dream since I was six years old was because Ninja Turtles and Whitney Houston, I was like, I'm going to be on TV. Um, <laughs> and then you were. <laughs> is, I mean, a couple of times. But, um, <laughs> there's literally nothing else I'd rather do. I feel yeah. like every other thing that I enjoy still has a bit of that. So like writing, right? I love writing. I love creating worlds. I love creating characters. That's that's part of you know being an actor because I love saying the words out loud. I'm like, yeah. okay, I want to write stuff that an actor would love to say and perform to being a teaching artist. You know, that's like the only other things that I would want to do. Like I don't ever want to do anything else besides act and direct and make, make worlds, make dreams come true. You know? I love that. So, yeah. So this is going to like sort of bleed into what you just said, but mm-hmm. why haven't you given up and like, and why won't you or will you like in mm. other words will you ever come to a point in your life where you come and you're like hey this is i am too old i need a corporate <laughs> job i need stability oh, will you and, and and why won't you right so i yeah i always like i don't want to be like say sound judgmental because i don't really judge other people but i'm always like i never understood why people quit you know i'm like if you have this dream if you have this passion like why would you not do it until you get there. But when you start working as an actor, you know, and I, and I had a manager for a while and I was getting all these, like nothing huge. I was getting like, you know, co-star, co-star um, auditions, um, which is usually like under five lines, you know, on different TV shows and independent films and whatnot for like six years, you know, which is not a long time, but like, it feels like a long time when you're like doing it pretty consistently. And I, I remember, I think I told you this, like 
going into the SVU office and like how cool that is, right? You're like, I wasn't auditioning for SVU, I was auditioning for something else in the same office, but it's like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. I'm living my my dream, my purpose. Yeah. But like, you know, after you get multiple rejections back and the back to back to back to back, you have a thousand no's before you get a yes. And I remember just one day, you know, having to leave my apartment in Astoria to get to Chelsea Piers, leaving, you know, over an hour, giving myself enough time, but you know, the trains are running slow. And then it was like rain was like massive rain. And then I couldn't catch the bus to get to the freaking West side. And then you, you're like soaking wet. And then you get there and you like yeah. you try to dry off in the bathroom. You try to make, make, make yourself look presentable. Yeah. And then you go in there. And your mind you can't your even name. be focused. Yeah, but you finally, so but you finally do, right? Yeah. But then you, you know, if you, if you can, sometimes you get it together. You're like, I got this, yeah. I got this. And you go into that room and you deliver your one line, right? <laughs> your one freaking line, whatever that one line is. And you're just you like- You make it count. <laughs> you make it count, right? And you just say, thank you. And then you're just like, that's it? Like, you don't want me to do it again? I can't even do it like one more time. <laughs> like, yeah. And then that's it. And you're just like- wow, like I just did all that. Like I'm doing this all the time. And then, you know, you feel that kind of that weight of like how heavy it is, right? And then like you want, people want stability. People want to be able to have a family and to have a savings account, right? To not have to spend $600 on headshots and like all these classes. So I get it. But for me, I know like I'm not going to give up because I know what's meant for me, which kind of sounds like maybe a little conceited or whatever, but I just know what my goal is. And like, I feel like, what's stopping me from getting there is only going to be me. Yeah. Because if it could happen for anyone else, anyone it can happen to me, you know? And it's all about who you know. Like, it's about having the talent, but you never know who you may meet who can be that life-changing person or thing in your life. So why give up? It is. It's like that. It's like that lady, when Lady Gaga was interviewing for Star <laughs> oh, Wars, yeah. she's like, a thousand people in the room, but one. And it's so true. It is true. Wow. Wow, Jason, that monologue you just gave really got to me. Oh. It's true. Like what? Like what's stopping me and you from being like Lupita Nyong'o or Issa Rae or like the only noises in up. our head and our they exactly. didn't give up and the, our own insecurities and um, I'm gonna jump in on this question too if I may. Yeah. Um, yeah it's please. it's it's like really hard and I don't know if you feel this too, but growing up in the suburbs in Connecticut and you know friends and their homes and their families and their mm-hmm. salaries, it's like very hard especially sometimes when people don't understand right um and so you just have to block out the noise you know you know you know your dreams you know will i have to do survival jobs for a long time more (laughs) a Mm. long time more is that a proper (laughs) english sentence (laughs) it is today (laughs) um yeah sure but like the goal is worth it. And then, you know, I always have these thoughts of like, well, what if it never happens? And what if I spend all these years? Well, then if it never happens, then you tried. And by the way, nothing is never going to happen. If you do the work and you create like things will happen. Maybe you're not going to be nominated for an Emmy or walking down a red carpet or have millions of dollars in three homes, Mm -hmm. but you're going to be fulfilled. And that's most important to me. For sure. I think. And, I mean, also like, re, like, yeah, reevaluating what making it means to you, right? Because making it for me is different from making it to you versus making it to other people. There's so many 
working actors who you may not know their name. You may not know what, most of you know, them. You don't know their name. Exactly. But they're, they're living their purpose. They're, you know, they're working, they're getting work as actors or as, as writers or whatever they do. And they're, they're doing it. So like, what's stopping me from doing the same thing? You know, like it would be nice to be wealthy and have three houses or whatever, but like, that's not my goal. My goal is to be able to wake up every day and get to create art, whatever that may be, and not have to be like beholden to a survival job. Right. Yeah. I want my survival yeah. job to be my dream, right. Turning my dream into reality. So like, that's kind of what the big thing about this past year, like that the pandemic has done for me. And for most people, it's just to reprioritize what makes or like what you want to accomplish and what you're not going to do, what you're not going to put off anymore. You know, it kind of like, that was like my big thing. I'm like, did we make a podcast? We should have made an inspirational talk <laughs> podcast because I feel like we just went in. <laughs> yeah. Well, true. Because true. why being fulfilled is um, going to keep you alive longer <laughs> than what's in your I bank mean, account. Right. We're all going to die anyway. Like, you know, okay. like, no, I'm serious. Like, I yeah. think people have to do what's best for them. You know, like ha- sometimes having the house and having a family is best for them. And that's totally fine. Like, I'm not here to judge other people. I don't want anybody judging my choices. But I think we have to figure out what's best for us. And like, if you're an artist, you know, you may feel like this life, as hard as it may be, is going to be the most fulfilling for you. Because at the end of the day, you're going to die. You can't take the money with you. You can't take the success with success with you. So like, <laughs> why am I trying, you know? Yeah. I love that. No, I feel I'm, I'm like right there with you for all of it. I love it. I love it. Yes. I know we've been talking for, we've been talking for a long time. I know. Right. It doesn't feel like a long time. No, it doesn't. I don't even remember anything I said and it's not because of the wine. It's because I just like (laughs) went in. Yeah. Gosh, should we, you have have one more question. You have one more question. Maybe I was going to say three things. Maybe just give me one thing that you really want to accomplish that's related to your art by 2025. So I'm giving you four years. So number one realistic is to write my, to my, my pilot is written. And you know this Jason about me that I am not, I don't call myself a writer. Writing is not easy Mm -hmm. for me. I have the ideas in my head, but then once I sit to write, it's like, how do I get this thing out of my head on paper? So, um, my pilot, um, which is about bar regulars that was highly influenced from a survival job that we both work at together. Um, (laughs) I want that to be in drafts sent out to people in collaboration with people and maybe, maybe already filmed a little, I want that to be elevated in some way. And I don't know how, but yeah, I, I need to stop being so mean to myself when I write and and thinking like, oh, I'm I can't write. This is sucks. This is not good. Nobody's gonna care. Um, because I care. And so that's all that matters. So I wanna yeah. be kinder to myself with my writing and get that out there. And then like my dreamy life is like something I want to accomplish related to my art is like get the goddamn agent and get on a television show. There's no reason. Yeah, and if it's as for you, then it's even better. <laughs> yes. What about you? I think the big thing is is to be able to be working on a show that I wrote, you know, and I I have had a production company either buy it and want to put it on. You know, I want to keep the I want to keep my intellectual property. So like, I want to be working with a company to have my show about to be on the air, if not already on the air. Perfect. And I'm just going to say that it's going to be on the air in tw- by 2025, giving myself that. I love That's that. What's going to happen? So we're going to come back here and then 
The podcast yes. will be running still. We'll be entering, entering. <laughs> we'll be interviewing Viola Davis at this point, right? Oh, yeah. 2025. Yeah. Dream big, people. No, I we are. That. I think everybody needs to dream big. All right, Jason, let's play. Let's wrap this up. Let's play yeah. a quick, fun game. Oh, yes, the game. Going off of our survival jobs. Now, I don't know. I feel like I don't know if we talked a lo- enough about our survival jobs. We talked about Highline and stuff, but we didn't really touch on our serving together. And we so Jason and I, yeah. we served <laughs> together. You know, our last job, well, my last job, sort of left, sort of left, really left. <laughs> and um, we, both, <laughs> we both were servers and managers and whatever else we did at a, at a, at a Tex-Mex restaurant. And so yeah. I thought it'd be fun to do a little pop quiz on each other about serving and hospitality to see how good we were at our jobs or were we just faking it to get by? I mean, I'm just going to tell you I was faking it to get by. So, <laughs> uh, Hello. I don't even know how I managed. I managed that place for four years, four and a half. Oh, oh. So here's the game. <laughs> You want me to ask you questions first? Yes, I'll take the first question. Okay, I have two questions, and then I have a quick rapid-fire question game, I guess. I don't know what to call it. Okay, Jason, you're a server in a restaurant. What are the first two steps of service? Um, Touch the table with, like, water, right? Okay, (laughs) and number two? I I mean, greet them. Hey... I'm okay. Jason. You're very close. <laughs> oh, menus? Oh, menus, right? The menus? Yep. Was that, was that it? The menus? Well, from the website that I found this question on, from <laughs> like hospitality101.com people, yeah. <laughs> it was like, greet <laughs> guests and take the drink order. So you were pretty close. Oh, okay. Okay. Because well, at our restaurant, we had, to, we had to give them the chips and salsa and the water. I don't think I ever did that. <laughs> well, the bus was supposed to, but then they I feel did. like sometimes they didn't. Um. <laughs> I never did. I was like, hey, everyone, chips and salsa are on the way. Um, my name is Samantha. Yeah. And uh, one time I cried at a table. We'll tell that another day. Oh, my gosh. Really? Okay, next question. Here's oh. my problem. I can never stay on topic. <laughs> next question. You're working a private event and you're handed a BEO. What does BEO stand for? Oh, that's like the paper. I know what it is. It's like the paper of all the information about the guest yeah. and like what they need and like the times and everything. But what Correct. does it stand for? I don't what know what it stands it stand for. for. BEO? Bet, no. bet, BEO. Do you want to take a guess? I can't even think. Like end of shift? No, end of BEO? I don't know. Banquet Back. event order. Oh, yeah. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> really close. All right. And for my third game question for you i'm gonna throw like four or five like hospitality terms at you quick yeah and tell me what they mean quick okay i'm ready just give it to me i'm nervous and you just tell me what they stand for or what they mean did you just hear my voice crack all right ready mod manager on duty great 86 i mean doesn't we don't have it (laughs) well drinks wait well drinks yeah the cheap cheap liquor the cheap the cheap the cheap stuff (laughs) in the weeds and the weeds is like, uh, you need help, right? Yeah, turn and burn. Turn and burn? Uh, oh, I don't know if that turn and burn. Um, oh, I don't know. Turn and turn burn. And burn like, like, get them out of here. Like, oh, oh yeah, get them out. Yeah, yeah. Turn you got to get around. more covers in. Get that table turn out. Turn the and tables last, around. Yep. yep. And last one. FIFO. <laughs> You're not going to. F-I-F-O. Finish for <laughs> everyone. 
<laughs> first in, first out. Oh. I knew I, I wanted to stump you on one. I knew you were gonna five foul. <laughs> five foul. Like that, that mile with that mouse? <laughs> That, it's like uh, when the health department comes and they check the fridges, you uh, everything needs to be uh, yeah, rotated or whatever. And so they called it five volt, yeah. like when you're behind the bar. Whew, that was fun. <laughs> that you did was, good. Oh, I was so nervous. I'm so competitive. And I hate losing. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh, really. <laughs> no, you didn't get BEO. You did lose. Sorry. Sorry. Well, I, think, I think that wasn't like, I feel like they only called it a BEO. Like, they yes, never called it the banquet. Yes, banquet because. And order. <laughs> Correct. And like, Wait, what's that thing that we I hated doing? We used to have to go to like the lunch thing. Oh, you hated doing the cater. Oh, my everybody God. hated that. What Buddha. was that? Lunch? <laughs> no it one liked so, that. No, it was horrible. Horrible. Wow, I just Everyone got. Hated I just started sweating thinking about that. All right, my questions are basic as fuck. You're gonna get them all. Oh, I hope so. If I don't, then. I have one multiple choice and then one's open-ended and then one's right. just a guess. How many degrees is a steak cooked to be considered rare? Steak? A, oh, it's multiple choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was Why like, do you I... say it like that? Steak? Okay, okay. I'm so sorry. I'm ready. Okay. A, 100 degrees to 110 degrees. B, 120 to 130 degrees. C, 140 to 150 degrees, and D, 170 to 180 degrees. Rare. We need it to be rare? Yeah. A. No, B. B, final answer. B, 120 to 130? I, my brain is flatlining. I used to know the temperatures of like the health department. I picked B. Correct. Good job. (laughs) Wow. That really shocked me. Okay. Wow. Good job. Thank you so much. Okay. What does it mean to pre-bus a table oh for example the table is still dining they're eating maybe their appetizer plate is cleared and you clear the appetizer plate but leave the entrees and their drink half full and then you go back and you take some more yep and the last thing if a guest's meal is delayed you should like um a couple (laughs) of things first maybe say hey guys guests I'm so sorry. The kitchen's just a little backed up. Your food will be right out. Can I comp you a round of drinks while you wait? Wow. That's what I would do. And, and you know, maybe not blame the kitchen, but that's what I always did. The kitchen's really backed up. Even if I fucked up and forgot to ring it in. And then I'd be like yelling at the the line, like, fire ticket 45. Um, hey guys, the kitchen's really slammed. Somebody called out today. Your food's just gonna be another 10 minutes. There's like, like three people in the restaurant. They're like, Yeah, that's <laughs> happened to me though. <laughs> Truly. Like somebody called out and then I start crying and it's gonna be fine. I've got always comp drinks. If they're drinking, comp drinks. If they're not drinking, you're fucked. That's yeah. the story. How'd I do? Yeah, that was 100. I said, Yeah, the answer was given an accurate estimate of when it should arrive. Oh, wow. So right. I don't think you're supposed to blame the kitchen, but <laughs> or comp drinks. Yeah. By the way, the drinks were fifteen dollars, and it costs us oh like gosh. three. Not even. Yeah, not even, right? I don't know. Well, Samantha. Wow, this was that fun. Was, that was fun. Our first one. I was so nervous. You were. So was I, though. Thank you for yeah. guiding me. You're such a good guider. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, well, thanks for inviting me to be on this. So well, wait, who do we have next week? So. Okay. So our, you know, your first episode was meeting your hosts, but our first ever guests is going to be Robin DeJesus. He yells Isn't at me. He I'm a three-time nominee for the Tony Three-time Tony Award nominee. Wow. I've known him for years and he always tells me I don't say his name right. It's Robin DeJesus. DeJesus. Yes. We'll ask him to clarify when he comes on. Oh, Lord. I'm going to Google it. <laughs> no, you have to ask him because he has a certain inflection he puts. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Our next guest is Robin DeJesus, <laughs> which is going to be fun. I'm excited to talk to him because I know firsthand about he he yeah. has had. About he has yeah. had many survival jobs. But he has. He has and had. He's had a lot of survival jobs that we're going to have so much fun talking about. I know. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. So that's going to be our next one. Um, before we go, Samantha, though, like, what are you working on right now? What am I working on right now? Yeah. Besides this podcast. podcast. Really focusing just on the podcast. <laughs> I love it. Um, the podcast. <laughs> that's, that's what we're going to ask our, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right now I'm really, you know, dropping all my eggs into this podcast. <laughs> all my <laughs> eggs. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, I always am writing my pilot, right? This is something I started in 2019 and I, it's just like a, I write when I can and I write when I feel like it, not when I feel like it, but when I'm inspired to. So that's always sure. what I'm working on. But right now I'm really excited to see what's going to happen, Jason, and who we're going to get and who we're going to talk to and yeah, what we're going to do. I love it. <laughs> and what about you? The festival, right? Is really... Oh. Yes, I'm I, I'm having literally I'm not even exaggerating. I have like three or four meetings almost every weekday about this festival. That um, is lucky. That is lucky to have meetings a yeah, year people, into this pandemic. People really want to support this. So yeah, I'm you know, we're putting together a film festival in my hometown of Bridgeport. So yeah, I'll be talking about that more. Yeah, we have to on. shout that out and promote it and so everyone can Yeah. It's gonna be Is this it summer. gonna be all virtual or is it gonna be some in person? It's a hybrid festival, so it's gonna be in person and virtual. Fun. Um, we're, we're we're doing some stuff. Listen, cater so. agent will do the caterings for the event. Yes. So don't even worry I mean, about it. <laughs> we need it. Come on, collaboration. Yeah. Multi Hello. <laughs> That's what we're doing. All wow. Right. All right. Well, I love you so much. And I love you so much. I love our audience so much. No. We have to tell them. We, we, Hello. Not yet. Oh, I'm so yeah. embarrassed. I told you guys, he's the king of the podcast. I'm just over here. Oh, we, just have to, we just have oh, to sorry. tell them to, to like and subscribe and to follow and to tell people about the podcast. So we if have you're some listening more right now, please like, subscribe, and follow to Survival Jobs, a podcast. Spread the word. Follow us on the gram at survival jobs pod yes, uh, and you'll see a very beautiful cartoon of jason and i yeah shout out to our friend who signed it lizzie garcia the one and yes. only follow awesome. her please too at art by lizzie triga awesome until <laughs> next time y'all thank you so much for listening thank you enjoy the rest of your days and Bye. Samantha, love you love Bye. you too happy april fools <laughs> <laughs> april fools <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.